Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to an episode of Tech Done Different Podcast with Ted Harrington. Do you follow the pack or challenge the status quo? Join Ted as he explores how to succeed by going against conventional wisdom. You'll hear leaders in technology and security tell stories about how they achieve their success by doing things differently. Knowledge is power. Now, more than ever. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open-source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the Internet safer together. Learn more at CrowdSec.net. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Tech Done Different. As always, I'm your host, Ted Harrington, and with me here today is our special guest, Mariana Muntin. She is the CEO of Ceneva. Mariana, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me today. I'm so excited about this conversation because as you and I were chatting recently about this, this distinction, I wanted to start here about the distinction between how artistic and maybe creative people think and the way that analytical and more engineering minded people think. So maybe let's start there. Can you help us understand that difference from your viewpoint? Oh, yeah, sure. So I'm in the gaming industry and I uh, work with a lot of engineers and game developers. So we butt heads a lot because we definitely think different. I uh, was born in a place where technology was not necessarily available to me until later. So under that influence and the grayness of that environment, I uh, was forced to have and build a more colorful imagination as well as a different way of thinking. I uh, think beyond processes and infrastructures and frameworks, to me, everything is possible. I just see how things should be done and how they should work versus how I need to comply with agile or other technologies that engineers are familiar. So that's something that is definitely different. So Growing up, I wasn't able to play video games or design a lot of apps, but I think looking back at that, not having the access to technology made me imagine a bright and big worlds and different stories. So nobody really told me I have to follow the process and something is not possible or we cannot incorporate Java with C++ or C Sharp and we cannot port games from one place or another and or assets for the games. So I just went for it, right? I you know, I build my games or in imaginary games, I played them. If they weren't fun, then we moved on. And that's how I still believe that we, I, I do. I like to think that I work and the work is still fun and play and brings a lot of that spontaneity versus like following a rigid structure all the time and hiding behind the processes to me, achieving the goal is the most important. And one way to go about that is when I when we, we work with engineers and I try to explain them how when in, in examples, right? I try to explain how things should work in my opinion. When I press that, it should happen this. This should 
feel like fun. If I wait too long, then it's I lose interest and you might lose me. Authentication. So we go feature by feature and I, I talk about that with them. Not a lot of engineers have the power of imagination. They go with a different kind of structure. They they like to be told what to do, literally. So that's that's when you know you have to make sure, like in my case, I, I looked for I look for the right people. I looked for the people that can understand me and has the sensibility of an artist and the sensibility of what an artist needs and how an artist sees the world versus how just an engineer sees the world. And that's ultimately what I'm looking for in my team. And my and our team is built of those types of engineers that can abstract from that. Hmm. That's really fascinating. It sounds like the distinction I'm hearing you draw between the more artistic types and the more engineering types is the maybe the I don't know how to say it, but the imaginative aspect, right? And it, it makes me think of when someone's building a building, you have the architect who like wants this fancy architectural element working in this way. And then you have the actual people who are hammering and nailing it together. And there might be a, a dispute between the two to say like, hey, that way you designed it, the material only comes in eight foot length and you designed it in nine foot. So how do we rectify that? Is that a is that a right way of thinking about what the balance or the the challenges between the two sides? More or less, we do have those kind of discrepancies. However, we try to convene. For example, my co-founder and I, we 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 discuss everything before we uh, talk to engineers or software developers or game developers. So we try to come to an agreement where we understand what we're talking about. And for example. When you port a game asset into an environment and it's not the right size, it's 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 sort of like a framework, right? It's sort of like a building or a, an enclosed framework. And if it doesn't belong to that specific environment, then we have to adjust it or make sure that we, we made it work. And we will give those type of specification and instructions to 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 our employees or the contractors that we work with. I find it I find very lucky. I find myself very lucky that I have learned a lot of game development terms and software development terms for the past two years. And my co-founder being a software engineer that also understands abstraction, we we can come to a conclusion faster than others. But we always try to to specify what do we mean and how does that look. And I we draw a lot in the front of boards and uh, napkins and uh, notebooks and everything. So we don't we make sure that we're on the same page. And just because he is also able to be thinking abstractly, that helps. So Yeah, that's interesting. I, I think about even people that I know in, in my own life who have that more visionary uh, style of thinking where they say like, oh, it could be this thing. And they can paint a really beautiful picture of like what the future could look like and whatever it is we're doing. But then they maybe don't care as much about the details of how it's implemented. And that can be really frustrating to the people who do have to go implement it. And they're like, look, this is, they said, give me a vehicle that moves from point A to point B, but like what size are the wheels? How fast does it need to go? You know, they're, they're concerned about the specifics. So for the person who is maybe on that more engineering side, who's getting this sort of creative vision and they need to implement it, what's the advice to that person, to the, the typical person who thinks in that more engineering mindset, how can they better work with someone with that more artistic inclination? Oh, that's a, that's a fun question. I would say you underestimate visuals. A lot of engineers are visual as well and visual learners. 
So don't underestimate it. Draw as much as possible, be that just a simple wireframe on a napkin or in a Figma or anywhere else. Express it as much as possible in as many details as possible. And a good engineer actually would come back and always ask exactly the same questions that you asked. How fast? How small? What does it happen when we port it to you to mobile? Do we even have to think about that? What happens when we, you know, decide that we, how, how do we implement drag and drop? How do we, do we, what kind of controls are we going to be thinking about? How is that going to bridge the audience? It's the, it's all those elements and it, it helps to do a lot of research specifically for your own product because it's one way to design for a web app and another way to design for a tap, tap, tap kind of screen responsive app or mobile or tablet. So research helps, experience helps. But if that is a challenge or as a lot of CEOs are very overwhelmed with networking and fundraisings and other things, I would say just like if it's possible just to do, just to hire someone that is a UI UX designer and, and will we'll design the flow really fast. That's probably the easiest way and still works. My brother is one such designer and that is probably music to his ears that yes, you need someone like that. No, I, I totally agree. In our case, a game developer can be so many things, you know, you have to cover all aspects of design, I would say, because we have the concept art, then we do have the character design, right? And then when we have the environment or the worlds that we build, is that the multiplayer, is that the single player? Then we have the audio design, and then we have the sound, which is connected to sound and, and if sound effects. And then we have the, the UI, UX, right? The buttons, what does the di dialogues? And so in our case, a lot of people work with us, they come with that kind of background already. So we don't have to explain them that much. Of course, you can get this granular as you want and still one game developer varies from another but for other people yes it's uh, you like your brother is probably very in demand right now and his skills he is yes he is indeed you're helping me understand my own brother's profession a little bit better right now so this is pretty fascinating to me i'm going to come back with so many good talking points for him <laughs> because of you that, that's, that's great <laughs> <laughs> okay so the you, you were starting to answer without me even asking the question yet, which was, I was going to ask the question the other direction, which was, okay, so how should, what's the advice to the more artistic or visionary types? How should those work better with engineers? And what I'm hearing you say is maybe have someone on the team who is that sort of specialty who can, I guess, communicate between the two. Is that in fact the advice? I would say if you're saving money and time, um, yes, ultimately uh, an experienced UI UX designer would be the, the go solution. However, if you don't have money uh, or you don't have the, the luxury of uh, understanding who's the right person, then usually the person who's designing the app, they, they have a very strong vision how that should work and just detailing in very many visuals and examples. Okay, so I want this to work like canva.com here and then I want a little bit of I don't know, for example, Google Docs in here, right? I want that kind of experience and I want that to feel this way and that way. I don't want to be bugged by too many comments or suggestions. I don't want too many feedbacks. I don't or the interface has to look this way versus that way because those elements bother me. Like 
maybe the clutteriness of the interface, maybe too many functions or options or boxes, and then you get lost, that's the worst. That's what technically we try to solve in our day-to-day work. How to how do we not overwhelm? So draw as much, do your research, exemplify. And ultimately also, if some people are more visuals, but others maybe are also artistic in a way that they can write. So writing it down step by step, what happens. One thing that any artistic person can borrow from game development is we have something that is called gameplay minutes. So where you describe the flow, the main flow of the game or of the scenario, what happens. In this case, it's a user journey, right? How many users do you have? How many user journeys do you might might possibly have? What are the main ones? And kind of describe step by step what happens and adopt user personas to that. So let's say in our case, we have a, a Lucy that wants to design a book, right? It's very highly interactive. How would you want that Lucy? Put yourself in that position. How would you want Lucy to, how would she feel? How would she press? What would she select? What kind of content would she be revealing every time she would go with the flow and what happens uh, in the end. That's that's really fascinating way to think about it. And it makes me think about, okay, so you talk about the idea of how, how we can make games, right? Does game development, is it harder, easier, or just entirely different from developing something else? Like what are the principles that are sort of uniform versus those that might be unique to what you do? Hmm. That's an interesting question. I think it's more creative and more complex because in software development, for example, you have a very narrow scope and you design around that user journey or a couple of user journeys. You don't necessarily have to think about so much complexity, like I mentioned, right? You don't have to think about animations. You don't have to think about visuals. Well, you do like as a brand style, you do, but there's certain layers of complexities that you stop at. It's different with game development. With game development, you have to think about levels. Again, is it multiplayer versus single player? Is this going to be an iOS game, an Android, or is this going to be a PC game? Or is this going to be a console game? Different completely uh, use cases. They have might have the same, share the same visuals and the same experiences, but controls, experiences vary. You also have to think about different sounds. It's just more complex and more creative that way. It implies and and it supposes to bring more more professionals from different genres, right? It doesn't necessarily stop at copywriters, concept artists, sound designers. It goes beyond level designers, text scripters, voice acting, character animation, world building. How do you build that world? It just goes beyond any app that I can imagine at this moment, but maybe I might be biased as well. So an, an artist has, I think, in my opinion, artists should be present in the room, even if it's an app development or mobile PC or any kind, because they introduce a novelty. They introduce something that is uh, it's called the spontaneity, the, 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 the feeling, right? How do, does it make me feel? And it's instead of a painful for focus groups, you have that person in the room and you can actually test everything that you design immediately. So you get that response and you learn and you collect that information and you go back and, and you iterate or change. Or, of course, you would want to do that with as many people or artists as possible. But just because, again, creative people are abstract people, 
they think across software. They it's important for them to make things and it's important to feel like it makes me feel this way versus, oh, this is efficient because it's connected with that database and it sends the information to this framework or that framework. And then I get that data to my computer and then it, it's connected with certain APIs and so on and so forth. That's beyond the creatives. Hmm. This idea that you just mentioned that there should be an artist in the room, I think is really fascinating. In particular, the part that you mentioned where by having an artist in the room, they can help answer the question, how does this make me feel? And so that makes a lot of sense to me in terms of a game, which is essentially, you know, a, a story, an experience, a journey, an epic, whatever. Maybe people don't think about whatever application they might be building as something emotional, but it is. Is that what you're saying? Like we're building the next payment processing platform or whatever, we, someone should be saying, how does this make me feel? Absolutely. 100%. So how do you differentiate yourself if you go to Stripe or versus like other platforms? What, what do you see? Does it have to be minimalistic and straight to the point? Or do you make that payment for something else? And it's a, it's a, it's an emotion, right? Think of, think of this like that. Any app can be a game as well, or can involve some kind of gamification or game features. And the easiest way to, to think about that, probably, hopefully, is to, let's say you, you play chess and there's a way to play chess, right? What if you thought about chess in different ways? What if you use the pawn or other, uh, other pieces on the chessboard in a different way? That, that changes, that messes with uh, the way, the conventionality. And if you move the pieces across or introduce checkers kind of rules and you change it slightly, then you see what's happening. It's, inter it's inter entertaining, but it also messes with predefined ways of thinking constantly. So it gives, it, it keeps you out of the comfort zone as well. But then the immediate reaction in the room, especially if you have engineers, like, what are you talking about? Like, how is this related? But then it's, it's in, a, in a while, it, it connects. So I find it challenging to throw off some of the predefined ways of like rules and thinking and how you play certain things and just let's introduce something new let's let's think about this differently let's give it to a child or let's give it to your teenager son or let's give it to someone that thinks more vivid or in in in, in behaviors or in it has to go outside of the room most of the time to to get that how is this different how does that make me feel how is that impacting my life and yeah, I think that's um, that that's something that an artist would, and not only an artist, right, but an artist would do just because. Again, we go back to imagination. We go back to experience. We go back to emotion. And people buy. I wouldn't say buy, but people associate themselves and relate to emotion. They relate to the struggle and relate to bringing the the humane aspect into app development. That's something that is missing today completely. I love it. So how do we engineer emotion then? Okay, so we've, we, we bring the artist in the room, or the artist is hopefully in the room already, and the artist says, this makes me feel this way, or it doesn't make me feel that way. Now an engineer has to build the emotion that we're seeking. How do we do that? Oh, that's a great question. So prior to becoming a game developer, I was an artist and I, I'm still drawing and uh, painting. I think in, in how, how art is 
making me different ways or colors or just like not having to force anything. So a lot of that is coming from an artist as well. But if we wanted to give it a little bit more structure, I guess an easier way is to, let's say for an example, you're building an app and let's say it's for payments right? It's something boring, but can be very, very useful, right? Right, And can make a lot of money. So bringing an artist or a designer, an exercise that I would do is I would ask them, how does that make you? So this is, this is what we want to do. And I would like you to come with a specific persona or characters uh, inspired from movies. It can be from Willy Wonka, or it can be from Alice in uh, Wonderland, or it can be from any other movies. And you pick a character. And you design around that character, the personality, the way it behaves, the way it reacts, the way it walks. Is it a punk or are you going to mix or sometimes we cross movies and, and music. So there is a lot of things from, from fashion as well. So there is a lot of intersection from of, uh, of the industry. So we bring a lot of those personalities into the design. So if, for example, I decide that my character is Alice or something less uh, obvious, then I want to bring that emotion and that personality and that behavior into the app design. And then hopefully that reflects into the flow, the user journey. And we identify how many user journeys we have and how many Alice's we have versus something else or someone else. And it doesn't have to be someone alive. It can be also a tree <laughs> or something that's flying or something that is uh, not necessarily humanoid, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, this this is really fascinating. Thinking about building anything in tech, right, is so scientific in a way. And what we're talking about is something that is a lot more abstracted. And I'm super fascinated by that. So is there an example where you've seen either like from your own experience, things you guys have done, or you've seen others do where this challenge is has been done really, really well, right? Where someone brought in an artist, artist was in the room, we figured out how to engineer it. Is there is there an example, a story you can tell? Is there a story that I can tell based on how we we had artists? We have artists all the time. So you you came to the right person. We believe that we are game artists to begin with. So we're very creative. It it varies, you know, it depends. Like we sometimes we design with students that come with very artistic backgrounds. Some of them are illustrators, right? So when they would come and they would design an environment, we, we have we need an environment for a point and click game. There's millions of ways to design that and everyone would come with their own story. So we need another one that is about solar punks and conservation. So imagine the imagine the now the imagination and the juices flowing, right? And a, a writer usually would take it from here. And we describe the, the gameplay minute, the customer personas, the user journey or the plot. And then the concept artist would take it from there and design the environments. A character designer would take and based on the descriptions would sometimes we have a description, sometimes we don't. So they would just come up with different personas. Let's say it's inspired by, again, by conservation and by how do we need less to survive and how do we are, how are more immersed with the environment and with nature. 
and how we use plants to protect ourselves. Or maybe it's a scene from a Mad Max. It can be that too. Or maybe that's just a different level. So, and now we go into once, once we decide that this is the, the, this is the story. This is the concept art that we have approved. And this is the main idea in the world that we're going to live in. And we're going to have an open world versus closed worlds. And then we're going to have hot spots there. And this is what they're going to trigger then. And that usually is called the pre-production phase. Then we go and we move on into actual production. And then we involve the character artists who define that and refine and polish as much as possible, bringing their own twists to, to the personalities where they add weapons or they add the ways they, they speak, level up, sell skins. It's endless. Uh, so then we bring level designers, which have and bring a completely different way to, to look at the interaction, right? So, and the worlds and how, how, how do you interact within that world, within that levels and within, within that specific environment? If it's an open world, do you just go and explore and you talk to everyone and then you encounter some, some characters or do you just have like a 30 seconds milestone that you have to complete and then move on to the next environment? And that's happening in sync with the, the scripters and the programmers, obviously, that look and read and see, right? So it goes together. Most of the time it has to go together because there's just so many elements that you have to think about. And that's what makes your game or your game app different from others. When you bring those differences, the way that your unique way to look at the characters and, and, and you put that in visuals and then you take that to code. So the code part is coming all the way in the end. Hmm. I love it. Well, as our time comes to a close here, is there any particular parting wisdom or note that you want to leave our audience with? I would say that, you know, fast forward to today, we all are looking for ways to collaborate. And more than ever, I saw that uh, gap between creatives and creative people and engineers. And this is one thing that we, we are trying to solve. And I think that people need to be a little bit more open, especially bigger companies or startups, be more open to artists and designers that are not necessarily exposed to technology just because they do they and they can bring that novelty even though they don't have necessarily the the ui ux design skills or refinement but they bring that experimentation to the table they bring that powerful way of looking and reinventing things coming from not being exposed to technology like myself right and they're having fun that's something that a lot of people forget these days to have fun with what they design and ultimately make sure that this is keeping the audience in in your mind and if you're stuck or your team is stuck yeah bring somebody that is not necessarily looking at your app or your idea the same way and invite them and have the patience, have the patience to talk to them and explain and it'll be rewarding. I love it. For a show that is titled Tech Done Different, I think the advice to bring in someone who thinks differently is a perfect piece of advice. So Mariana, thank you so much for spending some time with us together today. It's my pleasure. So we, we still have a long way to, to learn from Dali and Picasso. So I think uh, that is not, uh, that's something that we still need to do. And it was my pleasure to, to touch base on those ideas. Yeah, that's great. Well, I love it. really appreciate the advice. And uh, for everybody listening, if you want to learn more about what Mariana is up to or to learn more about the show, just go to tedharrington.com backslash podcast and we'll catch you next time. 
CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at CrowdSec.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tech Done Different Podcast with Ted Harrington. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.